Friday. I am not available right now. I'm probably playing video games. Or I'm in the woods and don't have a cell signal. Or I'm digging another grave. Either way, I can't get to the phone. Leave a message and I might get back to you, depending on if you're a bill collector or not. Bye. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Harry, it was worth it to have that on the podcast, to have your outgoing message. I'm calling you to record a podcast. This is Casey McLean. Harry. Hey. Can you hear me? Yep. You have my favorite outgoing voice message in the history of phones, I think. <laughs> this, is all, is this is all on the podcast, but that's how I know you've been doing comedy a long time and comedy only for a long time is that your outgoing voice message would disqualify you from just about most day jobs. <laughs> Where were you last night? Where were I last night? Didn't you say that you were not going to be in cell reception until like... Oh, no. Um, earlier today, I went out um, hiking. Oh, were you were you birding? Yeah. Did we ever talk about, you and I talk about the Central Park birding guy? The, like He was like the original uh, Karen hunter? No. Do you remember who I'm talking about? I can't remember his name. Or I think the woman's name was Amy Cooper. I can't remember the dude's name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, did you? Do you have? Uh, first off, like you and him are there's. I can't imagine there's that many black birders around. No, probably not that many. I feel like that's a very like stereotypically white thing to do. It's like Gabe Rutledge has a whole joke on it. So anything Gabe jokes about, I assume, is <laughs> towards the white end of the spectrum. <laughs> I have noticed uh, there's like he has a joke. Um, about how like as you get older you get into birds and I feel it recently <laughs> I was at my in-laws and they had a hummingbird and I was like oh you have a hummingbird and I was like oh my god that, that, that's a that's a 50 year old sentence right there <laughs> how are you, you man. what's that it'll hit you I know I know we were in uh, Port Townsend. You've been to oh, I was in Port Townsend with you actually. That's that's uh, yeah. we were at the Manresa Castle. My wife and I actually stayed there, not for comedy, but it's just like a because you stayed at the hotel, right? Yeah. Yep. Did they give you the whole spiel about how they think like they think it's haunted? Like part of the they're like, oh, you want to check into your room? Also, every room in here is haunted. Uh, it's been haunted for years. Uh, there's nothing we could do about it. Did they give you that spiel? No, but I wish they did. I would have stayed up and tried to bust some ghosts. <laughs> we, uh, it's funny because Port Townsend is like, it's so, I don't know. I just found this out uh, yesterday, but it's like, there's some controversy going on there that I don't. Yeah, I saw that. I don't even care to, I, the only thing I'm worried about is I don't even know what side who's on or what the thing is. 
Just I want people to know that I was not there to protest or counter protest. <laughs> I was just there to consume uh like a capitalist would and that was it. I was not uh, <laughs> uh But I but I, Port Townsend is like there's like all these like super like that castle was built in uh eighteen ninety two and there's a bunch of other shit up there that's like that old and what I think is probably when Port Townsend was being created, they were like, well, this is going to be like, now we know Seattle to be this big city, but they're, at a time we didn't know where the big city was going to be. Yeah. And so like, uh, like Tacoma thought they would be the big city. I think probably Port Townsend, probably uh, Bellingham. Really? Oh man. Port Townsend has these like, like opulent, huge old buildings, like hundred plus year old buildings that are like so they're beautiful architecture and shit like that. And, that, and I, uh, it's probably very haunted, the city of Port Townsend. Yeah, I, I, I bet. There's gotta be, there's gotta be like a, like a racist millionaire ghost, just, you know, spooking up one of those buildings. There's gotta be. I, I would imagine there's a racist millionaire ghost for every one of those buildings. Like each one individually has their own racist millionaire ghost. I wouldn't have and it any other way. I wouldn't I, have gone there if the, if they didn't have that. And that's why I need to bust them. I need to bust <laughs> each and every one of them. See, now that's a Ghostbusters reboot I could get behind. Yeah. Um, and I know how to get them. I put a little Vienna sausage in the end of like a, a bottle. And I just wait for them to go into the bottle. Then I close the bottle up. And then I... um. I do some old-fashioned um, extortion. I say, hey, if you don't um, pay me, I won't let this ghost out. And then your building is just an old-ass building. Nobody's going to care about just an old building. It's not haunted. <laughs> I will take your ghost, and I will put him into another building. I will I just make that building the, the most spooky building in Port Townsend, and I'll just be rich. I thought you were going to extort the ghost. Like, you're like, if you don't stop being racist, I'm going to fuck your niece. Uh, nah, I mean, if he died racist, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's, you know, there's no change in that. He's just, he's just always going to be racist. Yeah, even for all though of eternity. Yeah, even though he's seeing, like, all different types of people as ghosts, he's still like, hmm, but you're real life skin was different so that's what mattered to me do you really believe in ghosts uh i all right i want stuff like that to exist mm -hmm. but it's just too many uh logistical holes in it mm -hmm. that i'm like uh, i don't think that i don't think is but i want there to be because if ghosts exist then bigfoot can exist and that's all <laughs> i really care about as, as long as one hairy uh one hairy mammal can exist an entire underworld of of uh scary spirits is worth it yeah i uh i heard this when i was in i guess it was probably like 11th grade science I was a, I was a, and I'm not here to convert you. This isn't a missionary call, but I, uh, 
I was a uh, very young atheist, like seven years old. I became an atheist. Man. I know. Well, the, and it's like both my parents are like culturally Christian, but we didn't go to church or anything. So I didn't have a lot of pressure. Like they, I think they were both surprised to find out I was an atheist. But my yeah. biggest problem with it back then was uh, this idea that you have to accept Jesus Christ to go to heaven because like I, we knew Jewish people, we knew Buddhist people, you know what I mean? Like, and like, so they just yeah. don't go to hell or, or they go to hell just cause they like their parents had a different belief. So I had a problem with that. And then, uh, now I'm totally fine with Buddhists going to hell. Don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, so I've like, but I've like kind of like, I, I feel like the, when I meet someone that's a more recent convert to atheism, I find them annoying the way that a Christian would find them annoying. Like I'm like, God, get over it, dude. Like the, it's nobody cares. Like it's you're not gonna you're not gonna change anyone's mind. Just shut up. And uh, if you're an atheist, quit bitching about it because you don't even think you get another shot at this. So why would you devote your life to that? You know. But um, I did the best argument I heard that almost turned me into an agnostic. And I I would be I probably would just tell people I'm agnostic now to not have to have an argument about being atheist, but <laughs> is that our understanding of like matter and dimensions and all that is so, uh, it's, we, you know, we only understand a very small portion of it. We understand the tip of the iceberg and there's an entire iceberg we don't know. So if, if you operate under that theory that like energy can't disappear, it just like, uh, redistributes or whatever the, uh, smarter person, how they would describe that. You're like, whatever the, this like spirit thing is, could actually be something, some energy that becomes part of the, you know, the world in a way that, and, and like these ghosts that travel through walls, like our ability to understand matter and how it, you know, we only know down to an atom or whatever the electrons in an atom, but what makes an electron and, and there our just understanding is what we don't understand what we don't understand. Right. So it's possible that there's like, I think it's like the, the, I don't really believe in like the, like lifeguard God is how I've heard it described, but I think it's possible that like some, maybe not conscious energy, but even like, I think of this, and this is maybe like a little bit, uh, optimistic and a little, a little, uh, like stupid, but I had a, (laughs) I had a cousin die a couple of years ago, five, six years ago. And I thought about how, like, I have memories, like something's going on in my brain that conjures memories of him, right? Like I still have vivid memories. I will hear someone talk and I'm like, that sounds like Travis to me. Like that person talks like Travis and there's some part of him that still exists in my memories. Now, I don't know if that's a, if do I have a hard drive in my brain, like the equivalent, a biological equivalent of a hard drive. I don't know, but something exists. Something's going on. So maybe that's the like, you know, that's the thing. I don't know. What do you have to say about it, Harry? Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've thought about all of these um, things just on a philosophical level. Yeah. But I, it, it's just that <laughs> the day-to-day or like the minutia of uh being a ghost just seems like that would make it impossible 
like what what are ghosts doing the other 23 hours that they're not spooking people i'm like are they always there can they are they floating up from heaven or floating um up from hell or wherever they come you know like sure like like you know like if we like if if you if you allow for ghosts to exist we gotta also allow other things you know we gotta like does that mean like all space that we can't see is just occupied by like once you start doing that then it's like oh my goodness this is that's why you don't um put time travel in a movie because it's just too goddamn ridiculous and you're like what are we doing if we're if we're allowing this then we should be allowing so much more and just blocking off one aspect of it is kind of um ridiculous sure i yeah i guess i guess like i'm so do you think that ghosts because you are a comedian but you're only doing comedy like an hour a day at the most usually so maybe they're doing the same thing that you're doing like just masturbating and playing video games (laughs) (laughs) i mean shit if ghosts are playing video games and masturbating i can't wait to die (laughs) they'd be like hey it's your hour to go spook some people. Be like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here and jerk off my ghost dick. I'm not. <laughs> it's so much easier to clean up than real life um, masturbating. I'm just gonna keep doing this. Do you think ghosts are ever like, uh, they're like, oh yeah, uh, you're doing the fucking McLean house, but I, I'm headlining the Riley Estate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's got to be a hierarchy if you're going to be a ghost then like then, then there's got to be a hierarchy like like abraham lincoln must be like the king of the ghosts because he's haunting like a very important building sure. but like but like what if you're um haunting like an old insane asylum you got to be low on the totem pole because it's like man you are haunting an old building that they used to house insane people you they don't even they didn't even bother to keep it clean anymore abraham lincoln i mean they still you know they're still vacuuming those um rooms every day he gets to go look at a fucking statue of himself where you're like yeah you're like a working class ghost that you're like punching a clock and going and to an empty insane asylum yeah you're fucking all of it it, it smells like an old building. I bet you the White House doesn't smell like an old rank ass building. Well, I mean Biden's in there, so it probably smells like an old folks home. <laughs> what do you think Biden smells like? Like a like old people. Like, like an just, old folks home. Just like a faint just like you're like, I can't tell if that's piss or shit. Yeah, I bet you that's what or probably just smells like a bunch of cats. Because you can't <laughs> move fast enough to knock cats away, so cats just get on him and then they go you know what i'm gonna shit on you because I, I don't even respect you and they just shit on him we have a we have an elderly cat right now and he's i mean we've had him since he was my wife got him when he was like brand new like six weeks old and then i've had him since he was two and uh, he's 14 now which i don't know if that counts as elderly but he's old and he's like 
we have had a couple. The he's like not really shown his age until this year, and yeah. then he had uh, like a tooth infection, which I didn't know this, but that'll really fuck a cat up. Like we thought he was gonna die. Like we thought we were in the last days of Tuffy's life, and then we got this tooth pulled, and he's like, you know, he doesn't have a lot of energy, but he's he's back. He's back to mostly full strength. But one thing he's done recently is he started shitting immediately outside of his litter box. Man. So when a when a cat starts shitting uncontrollably, that's one thing. But he's going yeah. to the place where he needs to shit and then making a decision to shit outside. <laughs> which is the grumpiest old man thing I've ever fucking heard of. <laughs> and so we had one of those like covered litter boxes for him so that it wouldn't make our house smell like cat shit and piss all the time. And yeah. What I discovered is I was like, let's just try this. And now we have it open and he's using it. And oh. I'm terrified that anybody, like I'm probably completely desensitized to the smell of uh, cat waste, but yeah. I worry that people walk into my house and they're like, God, it smells like cat shit in here. <laughs> I mean, sometimes like when I'm on the road, well, we used to have an old cat too. And, uh, uh, and I would be on the road for a couple of days, and I would come back to the house, open the door, and I'd be like, oh, shit. Did the cat just piss on everything when I was gone? Yeah. And then, I, so I think, I think that it's just you, and, you know, you, you just get used to it. Yeah. But anybody, you know, if you, if, if you have animals in your house, people should understand, like, man, animals smell... If you go in somebody's house, they got animals. It's gonna smell. Give it a couple minutes, and you will be used to it as well. Yeah, true. I went to we went to a friend's house uh, recently, and I was I actually so my wife went to her best friend's house to do like it was like a birthday thing, but they brought all the kids, and then all the husbands had to pick up the kids after work so the ladies could go out and get drunk uh, together, and <laughs> they have a cat. And I've had a cat. I've lived with a cat now for over 10 years. Yeah. And I was there for like 45 minutes and my eyes are like fucking blood red. And wow. uh, and it was really weird because I, like, I didn't notice any particular smell when I, when I went there. It wasn't like there was like a ton of cat dander that I could see or that it smelled like cat piss. But whatever yeah. that cat, I have an allergic reaction to that specific cat, I guess. Oh, I want... I... I wonder if it's like it feels like a long hair and there's a difference between those two or something. Yeah. Yeah, it must be. There's oh. we have a our cats like a long they're both long haired cats, but I mean I, oh. I think part of the thing is I am allergic to cats. I, I think I'm just like for our cat, I just yeah. have had the allergens just like jammed down my fucking throat for ten years. <laughs> that I don't uh I don't like have the crazy reaction now, but I got like one very you know, I was like a it was like I uh, didn't get a malaria shot and oh, traveled yeah. overseas, and it was like, oh, shit, I've never been exposed to malaria before. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm allergic to cats, too. Um, and when we got this new cat, man, for the, like two weeks, it was, it was hell. It was just, it was like every time this cat would come near me, it was like, oh, my entire nostrils feel like, they're on fire now, so I guess we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to live with this because I can't throw it away. It's already been living out on the streets. 
Yeah. I can't put it back out there. Do you, are you dog people also? Oh, we used to have dogs, but they both passed. Gotcha. You're, how long have you been with your lady? I think, I don't think I've ever met your lady, but you guys have been together quite a while, right? Yeah. Um, this will be 11 years in um, November. Oh, dang. Yeah. It's a, you know, what's weird is, so I've been with my wife. I'm just going to, I'm one upping you now. I've been with my wife since <laughs> uh, May, 2010. So we hit 12 years together, married for uh, seven, Okay. almost seven. Uh, she'd be upset that I don't know the exact number, but uh, <laughs> no, it was, it is, it's almost seven. Anyway, though, it's weird because I hear 11 years and I'm like, that seems like an impossibly long relationship (laughs) and i'm like oh fuck i've been with my wife for 12 years and also we have friends that i'm like oh yeah they're like a new couple like they got married recently but that's really nice because they're a new couple and it's just cool and then i'm like oh no they've been together for fucking 10 years yeah who go ahead i i did not i did not think uh i was i it it always amazes me when i'm like oh shit we've been together for a decade right that's a long time but then i'm like it's not like i would have been doing anything productive during that decade (laughs) it's not like it's not like i regret it it's not like i've been like oh man i'd have been slinging puss because that's why i got in a relationship i wasn't slinging puss (laughs) i don't know what the i think you might be on the wrong side of slanging puss because isn't slanging typically selling puss Maybe you, maybe you would, maybe that's what you mean. But I think you'd be slanging dick, is what you'd be slanging. I'm destroying um, slaying puss, slaying. Yeah, puss. slaying. There we go. Okay. Uh, I'm new to this country. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been here all my life. <laughs> I mean, in the you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, you're like you know, even if, among Americans, you're one of the newest Americans. by the way i got to imagine that the the racist ghosts in port townsend would not be very happy about this lincoln ghost hanging around no he wouldn't he'd be like god damn it it's because of you i'm a ghost anyway that's how i ended up dead i got beaten to death by a bunch of black people (laughs) ah man you know that, yeah, they do have a, his, a long and storied history of black people in Port Townsend. <laughs> I think you were the, I think you were the Jackie Robinson of Port Townsend. <laughs> I do like it there, but I also know that I'm like, we walked, we walked back to the hotel, uh, drunk. Me, just me. My wife has a job where they might not want her to be drunk, so she was completely sober. <laughs> And I was drunk and uh, I was, I felt very safe. And then I was, I realized I'm like, oh, maybe I'm racist. Cause I, but I, I mean, no. <laughs> in fairness, I walk home in Tacoma all the time and it's much more diverse <laughs> in Tacoma. And I've walked, I've walked home through many parts of Tacoma. I've, I've, uh, I, but yeah, I was like, it was kind of weird, like a strange new town. And I was, I was like, oh yeah, this is like, being on a it was like being on one of the san juan islands it felt like you know <laughs> like I, like if a person did if when you're on like orcas island and you're like oh if someone does a crime to me like commits a crime against me i could probably just go find them 
Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Steal my car <laughs> and take it on a fucking ferry? <laughs> <laughs> but uh what i'm so i've I've kind of wondered this about you for a while uh you're a, one of the most unique comedians do, well first off do you ever do the same material twice because i've heard many reports from people of you doing that they've never seen you do the same joke twice and i don't know that i can dispute those from the times that i've seen you perform no i do i do um I have material. I have material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I write jokes and and perform them and, and things like that. It's just that I get um, I get very tired of hearing myself. So people might, you know, people might come to one show and hear some some jokes, but then the next time I they come through, I'm just doing uh different jokes that i've written but i also i also do uh riff a lot when i'm on stage sometimes but not i i mean it's not a rhyme or reason but uh if i don't feel like performing those jokes i just don't and i just do whatever i think it's funny at the time. Yeah, I think that's like a, a thing about the way you perform that's interesting is you'll go up with like, we. so the last time we did a show together, it was in Auburn, uh, Auburn, oh, Washington, yeah. at a golf course. And oh, yeah. I do like, I will try to write like something that day a lot of times if I'm performing in a new place, like something about my experience in the city or whatever. But you'll go up with like, my favorite thing is you'll go up with like uh like stuff like 10 minutes that feels like it just is like pouring out of you about the city of <laughs> Auburn like you can't hold it in and then you'll have stuff that like another thing that you do that I really respect is I feel like you uh tell me if this is true cuz I feel like you're like so insulated from some stuff that's going on in the real world that you say a thing without like, I I remember you making fun of Jay Inslee, well. <laughs> and I was like, it's very funny because I guarantee you, if I was in Seattle, like we weren't in Seattle, we were in Auburn, and the the place we were at probably didn't have a high, like it was not a uh, a decidedly pro Inslee crowd. I don't think uh, no, Jay I don't Jay Inslee's the the governor of Washington state. But I think if you made that joke in Seattle and I made that joke in Seattle, I think they would assume I was a conservative and then they would laugh at you. And I think <laughs> that what I like about watching you is I feel like you have no, uh, regard for the expectations of you as a comedian. <laughs> that might, that might just be because of, uh, where I started because I started here in Spokane. Yeah. And I started black in Spokane. You started black? I, <laughs> <laughs> I tried Puerto Rican at first, but they were like, nah. You're Dominican at best, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> and I, when I, start, I started in 2004, 2005, something around now, and I 
very much didn't want this white audience to think that, oh, what we're going to get is a comic view type, you know, BET comic view type of comic. Right. And so I think it shaped uh, my early material. And then I think it also um, just shaped the way I approach things on stage, which, uh, which, which might explain it. Um, I, I, I do, I do think I am, um, insulated from a lot of things just, just because I am a comic and I, and, and, and a lot of the things that people are, um, very much, uh, like they invest, like, like a lot of people are invested in hating Inslee. Right. I'm not invested. I'm not invested in disliking Inslee. I, I, I could take them or leave them, but you know. So to me, I could come from it from a, a different angle in which they might have forgotten about because they spent so much time hating the guy that they forget you know, a little bit of nuance in it. Yeah. I think, the, but I think it's even the other direction sometimes too, which is uh, people are, they may be invested in hating him, but they may also be invested in liking him, even though yeah. they hate him. Yeah. Even though like I, this is a, I posted a meme on, on uh, Twitter today, but it's like liberals have decided Liz Cheney is like this, this liberal icon. Uh, and they do this all the time and they get fooled all the time. Like Mitt Romney votes against one thing Trump does. And they're like, Mitt Romney, like what, like send him a Che Guevara t-shirt. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, this dude's still a Republican. This guy's, you know, you're still, you still disagree with him on a bunch of stuff. And it's like Liz Cheney voted with Donald Trump 93% of the time. And Joe Manchin, who everyone is pissed off at, every liberal's pissed off at, votes with Biden 90% of the time. Yeah. But they're, they're like, that dude's a Republican. And then Liz Cheney, they're like, she's a hero. And it's just yeah, like... To... Oh, no. Oh, I was just... It's just like so hypocritical and it's so like ignorant. It's like truly ignorant. I was trying to figure out like why people were kind of, you know, you know, putting her on a... I was like, wait, isn't she... Dick Cheney, ain't she in that whole sphere? I was one. It, it was she's Dick Cheney's daughter. Yeah, it's it's weird. I was I was wondering what was going on because I'm like, wait, she's got to be Republican. What? Wait, is she? Yeah. I, oh, so okay. So yeah, they, like literally everything that liberals hate about Dick Cheney, she echoes. She is that. And, but because the, it's like, we're so Donald Trump is such the center of our politics now that it's like, who cares if she voted to have, uh, you know, tens of thousands of us troops go kill tens of thousands of Iraqis for no like good cause. Who cares about that? She hates Donald Trump. So she's good. Yeah. yeah that's it. You know, I, <laughs> it's, this country, it, 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 it's weird how we've let one guy 
kind of shift um, everything politically because he he's so. I think he's like is so he's so far to the right that I you know he's closer to like to like like people living in North Idaho you know like like a militia type guy than anybody else and he's basically shifted what it means to be right or what it means to be on the left that and and I think it's going to we're going to be seeing this for the next well I'm not going to see it for the next 50 years I'm, I'm going to be dead soon but it's going to be Finally, something God. Give, us some, give me some headlining spots for the love of God. <laughs> like we're going to see this for the next couple generations where he has basically reset what it means to be right and what it means to be left. Because like I look at Republic, I look at Republican policies now and I, and I just get disgusted because it's like, I like, or like if Republicans only focused on uh, small government type issues, I would have more respect for that than what they are right now, which is just this this moral crusading, hypocritical, like Bible thumping. Can I can I give you? Can I can I challenge you briefly on that? Because I actually I think that. What? What I think that you maybe are not considering is that that that's exactly who Republicans were through the 90s and 2000s. And they've been fighting. I actually think that my opinion is that Trump is actually left of a 90s Republican because he's pretty much pro-gay marriage. Uh, I actually think that Trump is pro-choice and probably has several abortions under his belt. Man, he's got at least a dozen. I would hope. I would hope that he's got at least a dozen. Uh, if you're a billionaire and you, you know, <laughs> as much as he likes to party and stuff, man, if you ain't got at least four, it's like you wasted your life. I know. You, Yeah, you would be banished to some, like, shithole place like an insane asylum when you die. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so I think like what he's done though is he's like he has crushed discourse. So I think he actually, like I said, I think he is further left. But I think what he's done is empowered everybody, including like it's weird to me. That's why I know nobody has any principles. Is like <laughs> evangelicals love that fucking guy, and he obviously is not an evangelical. He's yeah. probably got several abortions under his belt. He's in favor of gay marriage. But it's like you get to be – it's like – in a way, it's like when Richard Sherman was on the Seahawks and I got yeah. to be like, this is the guy. Like I love – he's like – no, so Richard Sherman is a little bit different because he's an incredibly eloquent and intelligent guy that also <laughs> talks shit like a madman. You know what I mean? Like that's where he's like Trump. And so I was like proud to be like that's the shit talker that I'm rooting for. Uh, yeah. But I think people feel that way about Trump, where it's like it's like uh, he. I just am so fucking angry, and he's the personification of my anger. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yes, I, I agree with that. I think uh, 
you you have changed my uh, way of looking because he is he he doesn't really care about gay marriage. He doesn't he doesn't really care about these things that you know somebody who is further right would right. be like, oh, these fucking gay people. Uh, and, and I think I take the way that he the way that he has basically destroyed what would usually be the normal dance that politicians do that we've seen for decades and he's just thrown that away. I think that is what uh, we'll see for um, years to come. Just how anybody, if, if you just come in, you talk as much shit as possible, you just look at the laws that are in front of you and just fucking scoff at them. Uh, You know, it's just, it's like the first person never gets to do it correctly. Like Mm -hmm. the first person to land on the moon, the first black person in baseball. They never did, they never did everything. It's going to be the person after Trump that we're going to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's going to be, and it's not going to be somebody, and it's not going to be somebody that's in the mold of Trump because Trump, you know, for as much as people want to um, talk about how, you know, divisive he is, he, you know, when you look at him, you you either go, yeah, or you go, fuck no. Because, right. you know, he, he wears these big ass suits that, you know, he looks like, he looks like a rapper that's about to go to court. Yeah, you know, he, he, he looks like Steve Harvey at a funeral. Yeah, it, it, it's like you have hundreds of millions of dollars. You can't get a well-fitting suit. <laughs> like me and you are, are, are buying our suits from the same place. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, it's going to be somebody who is going to be somebody who is more eloquent than him, but is going to be. But it's going to be doing those same things, but but look smoother and, yeah. and has a little more nuance than him. Yeah. And th- they're going to fucking just destroy everything. I think what he's done is I think he's moved the right towards the center, but I think he's made the right hate the left more than they ever did yeah. before. And I also, I agree with you. Like part of the thing that makes, I think part of what makes Trump less bad as like, an influence on the country is just how ineffective he was as a politician. And I agree yeah, with you. Like yeah. if you get somebody that in there, that's like a savvy politician and shares those like very divisive views with like, like the way that, that Trump seems to handle most everything is like with his ego as his guide. And then it's like, this is the most, he has like a self-serving grenade that he drops on the ground and then walks out of the room. You know what I mean? And just is not worried about where the shrapnel goes. And by the way, like to the detriment of his party there, like he's, it's probably like if, if, uh, it's not a Republican in the next president or in the next presidential election, it's probably going to be Trump's fault. And if it is, a Republican, it's probably going to be Trump. You know what I mean? Like he's such yeah. a, he is the central figure of American politics. Yeah. And it's sad that, it, you know, like 
if you look on the, the Democratic side, the Democrat side, you have a couple people there that you could look at and go, yeah, that would, yeah, I, I could, I could see Biden being removed from that, and we put this person as, you know, as um, going into the twenty twenty four election. Is but Kim Kardashian the, on your list? Man, I mean, she's the most fuckable of those choices. <laughs> I, don't know if I you mean, see Kamala it. Harris. Kamala Harris is kind of, you know, I would. I, I would knock that out. I'm, AOC's I'm gonna... eligible. Oh yeah. Oh man. I. It, it is well known that I, um, love some AOC. Have you but, ever seen her uh, fiance or boyfriend? Yeah, that's the luckiest motherfucker on the planet. That dude looks like me. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you. He just wakes up every day going, "What the fuck did I get myself into?" <laughs> I just felt that's such a guy thing to just end up dating somebody like that you know because he just was he was probably just sitting around and somebody was like hey you want to meet aoc and then he talks to her and the next thing you know he's fucking got her sitting on his face and he's like what the hell just happened <laughs> this, this is my favorite thing about you by the way uh harry because you won i think you're like not politically uh tied to you're just like you know say things as they are regardless of what like party maybe would most like or dislike what you're saying, right? Like you, you say a thing about Inslee, not because you're a conservative, but because Inslee did something stupid and you, you obviously have uh, feelings about Trump. And also again, it's like the, you do a thing. I think you do dirty comedy in a way that's more endearing than I watched you. So I, I headlined Spokane comedy club 4th of July weekend. And you did a guest spot on like the Saturday, I think. Yeah, that was a great weekend. I watched you do, like, I watched you do, first off, I while you were on stage, the feature, I go, uh, like, something like, good luck following that. Like, you fucking crushed. You had the best set of all of us. <laughs> you you know, you had the best set of anyone on the show. But also, uh, it was, like, filthy. It was, fi I can't remember the, the content of the jokes, but I remember just going, like, this is the, I have some dirty chunks of my act. This is the dirtiest thing that will be said on this stage today. And it's like, but it's like almost adorable somehow. <laughs> like it, you're, you're talking about AOC's boyfriend, her sitting on his face. And I'm like, we should put this on a fucking Hallmark card. Yeah, I, see, it's because it's because I'm um, saying. I don't know. I, I find it more um, funny. When you don't, you know, like when you don't just, like when you don't just say pussies and 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 cocks and stuff, but you say like coochies and and penises and dangalings and and all these ridiculous terms that we use. To me, that's funny as hell. I like you. I believe I. About it. I searched the hashtag titty meat, and I think you represent. <laughs> I think you represent a large portion of the people who've ever tweeted hashtag titty meat. Yeah, I got to be because I love, I love that term. I don't even know if it's a term. It's got to be like a slang word or something. It's probably not like a, I'm pretty sure doctors aren't saying titty meat. You don't think so? You no, don't, I don't. You doctor. don't think a woman goes in for a mammogram and they're like, uh, get that titty meat under these uh, cameras here? <laughs> 
I got some bad news about your titty meat, man. <laughs> <laughs> titty meat spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I think that one's a Harry J. Riley original, to be honest with you. I don't I don't know that there's any other people using the phrase titty meat. <laughs> because the other thing about titty meat that I think, like, uh, you know, I hope we don't have to, this is going to seem real bad in retrospect if you have a dark secret uh, hobby, but... Like, do you sell, can you sell titty meat by the pound? Like, are where are you harvesting this titty meat from? You know, I'm a, I'm hoping that this titty meat remains attached to the uh, its owner. You know, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I I think I think in order for it to be um, kosher titty meat, it has to stay on person. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, that's a very once, evolved yeah. worldview. <laughs> once you start doing some Ed Gein shit and you're removing a titty meat from the person. Now you, you just got, you just got, a you just got a breast in your hand. That's not, that's not titty meat anymore. You've, you know, you, you've become like a, you become like a body harvester and, and we don't respect that. Yeah. In my mind, you had like a, you had like a, a spit, like at a, uh, like a, uh, like Middle Eastern restaurant. And there yeah. was just a bunch of titties stacked up on it, and you were like, you know, making <laughs> fucking euros out of it. That was, I, yeah. Uh, this is. I pretty... mean, it'll probably be some of the most tender meat you ever had. <laughs> I've never touched a titty where I was like, God damn, that's a, that's a hard ass titty. Every titty I've ever touched has been like the softest meat. Probably tastes like veal or something. <laughs> Oh man, who who uh this so this is the question I've wanted to know. Like you're I think you're one of the most unique comics. You have a very like peculiar worldview and you see things in a way like I I wish I could I wish I had the like creative brain to see the world the way that you do sometimes. Uh but it who might was not be creative? It might be um mental illness. It's all well, absolutely it is mental illness. I can diagnose you right now. It's absolutely <laughs> mental illness. <laughs> I wish I could just have the good parts of that though. Uh but who were like who is the comedian that you think shaped you like that when you were growing up when you first started watching comedy? Oh man. Because I didn't even know what I didn't even know stand up was a thing until I was much older. Right. You were raised in the dirt of South Carolina, is that right? Yeah. Like we didn't like we didn't we got cable television when I was like fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. And and I had already like I had already watched like you know, like in Living Color, SNL, all that stuff. But I didn't know those people were, I didn't know like Chris Rock and Adam Sandler, stuff like that. I didn't know that they were stand-ups. I didn't know that they did, that was a thing they did. Right. I didn't know that um, Red Fox was a a stand-up. But then when I started paying attention to to stand-up, I think the person that I just, you know, uh, it, it, have, it it's a tie. It's honestly a tie between Carlin and Pryor because Pryor 
had that that rawness about them that I just found uh, endearing to me is you know just somebody who's who is um, trying to find a funny way to um, explain you know his life experiences and stuff. Yeah, funny way to be completely honest. Yeah, and then. But what I love so much about um, George Carlin was that he, like the way he plays with words, the way he, um, the way he played with the meaning of words was very philosophical to me. You know, like a lot of a lot of old um, philosophers in um, the Greek times. That's basically all they did was just play with the meaning of words, like why why do we say this when we mean that? And, you know, like, what is this thing that we talk about? And George Carlin basically took that and put it into the 20th century. And mm-hmm. that's why, like, like when I, wa- when I watch him, I'm just like, how the fuck did he sit down and think of that word being, uh, you know, like these like how he would dis- dissect things. So I think, you know, when I started doing, when I started doing comedy, I, I kind of wanted to do that, but I kind of veered it towards stuff that I was interested in. Like, I might like titty be, meat, for example. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like finding, like finding different words to to talk about things that I found I found funny that other people would also find funny, and I think that's uh, and I think it it just seemed to to work or work or work most of the time. Because sometimes people just be like, "Well, fuck kidding me? Why don't you just call it a breast?" You know, like like so. Those are those would be the two people. If I had to, if I had to just, um, you know, narrow it narrow it down like that. Would the if you had to pick a third, would it be um, Casey McLean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Casey McLean is one of the most dynamic comedians. Oh, now I know you're lying. We will ever witness. <laughs> He will have his statue right next to um Abraham Lincoln. That's right. That's right. My, yeah. my comedy will do something as significant as freeing the slaves. I mean, Abraham Lincoln was just doing what was going to be done. He would, he he was just the one that was like, "Yeah, I'm going to put my name on this shit." Oh, you think I'm it's not- like uh it's like how um like Obama got lucky that he was in office when the public opinion on gay marriage shifted enough that it was like cool to, because probably like Clinton would have been happy to make gay marriage legal, but uh, the public opinion wasn't there yet. So I just like you. You think that was Lincoln's thing? Yeah, I think I think Lincoln. I think Lincoln. Well, well you know, I've um, you know, I've read a, a little bit about the dude, and it just seems like. He was, he, you know, he had, he had morals, you know, he had morals, but when you are trying to win, you know, political points, 
your morals sometimes get shifted or outright abandoned. Yeah. Have you ever seen the speeches that he's made leading up to the uh, Emancipation Proclamation, like the election speeches and shit? No, not not all of them. I think I this is my this is my honest belief because this already did happen in San Francisco, but I predicted it before this. Mm-hmm. I suspect in my lifetime that his speeches, what he actually said, because he did this thing that's really incredible, but what he actually said was like still very, by today's standards, very racist. Just frankly, it was racist. Yeah. And I think that he is going to, I think they're going to take down the Lincoln Memorial in my lifetime. And I don't, I don't think they should, but I, I do think, think they it's will. I do because he's, because he was of his time, right? Like he was just the most progressive president of his time, but he said stuff that was like, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to talk anyone out of liking Abraham Lincoln or, you know, hurting anyone's feelings. But if you go read some of the shit he said, like, it's pretty gnarly that like this guy, it's, it's just, it makes me think of the shit where it feels like, like this was 150 years ago and he was. We're just going to kill all of our idols, ultimately. Like, that's ultimately what's happening, I think. Like, George Washington did a lot of bad things, but of his time, he was, like, you know, a guy that uh, delivered us from British rule and fucking, obviously, his life would have to be a little different in 2022. And it would be because he yeah. it would have been illegal. And I think, like, similarly, Lincoln said some stuff that is just, like, by today's standards, is cartoonishly racist. And uh, in those same speeches, in the stuff that they like, you know how like those Gandhi speech, like Gandhi's got one too, where they like, he's got this famous speech that they'll give you like three paragraphs of, but in that same speech, he's like, Indians were like the British. We're not like the Africans, you know, like, yeah, we're, oh, yeah. it's like, like Gandhi that- is cartoonishly racist and, and people like to, I think, I think when it comes to these, with these guys, I think we tend to um, just, you know, kind of shoo away the bad stuff because, you know, um, something that I believe is that, you know, if you live this life long enough, you there will be something regrettable in it. You know, like, um, you know, like MLK is not, you know, a, a squeaky clean hero. You know, he cheated on his wife. He probably um, he he plagiarized his doctorate. Um, you know he did. He was um, he was you know homophobic. Sure. But you know th- those are things that we that we just kind of sweep under the rug because the good that he did, we want to exalt that and not the and not just make them be human. But also, I think, like, to me, the thing about those guys is where it's not just, like, that the time was different, but this is where they had the most impact. Like, uh, Lincoln being racist was a drop in the pond of racism. But Lincoln being a guy that wanted to free the slaves was incredibly impactful on the United States. Martin Luther King being a homophobe in the 1960s was the norm he was he didn't have an impact on that positive or negative because everybody was like that where he was unique is he was this this like powerful icon in the civil rights movement and that's the shit to me that's like 
So we just like forget everybody that was born before 1980. Like we all just pretend that, <laughs> you know, like we just keep like Rick, like burn the history books and start over every two decades. Like what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I think, I, you know, I think that's the, the con of social media yes. is that it has, it, it amplifies um, certain as certain aspects of um, human um, nature that's not that might not be um, positive or good. For instance, why are people talking about uh, John Wayne? Like, sure. I found this on the web. Oh shit! Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> that was my that was my wife. Uh, like, <laughs> she's got a very robotic voice. <laughs> people brought up an old Playboy article about that John Wayne was interviewed in as if that mattered. You know, like he was a guy who was born in the early 1900s. He had these weird, what we would consider weird views. But in 1971, that was just an old man talking old man shit. Right. And I feel like I, I feel like what we need to do is stop bringing everybody to 2022 and keep them where they were. And I think we I think we do that a, I think I think most people don't do that. I think it's just a small group that that does it and starts the boiling and then it overflows because these people started something that just kind of cascaded over a, a larger group of people. Yeah, I think but that's right. That, but some of that can be, but some of that can be good because like, um, like, like the Confederate statues, mm -hmm. those statues, those statues can't, were erected kind of like as a, a threat towards progress at the time it was just a bunch of people who were like oh we're seeing all this progress Let, let's let's put up these um these statues to remember our history you know you know a, a history that involved you know atrocities and 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 treacherous right. treacherous activities i can see i can understand why you would want that to be taken down but i mean you know looking at you know looking at somebody from um the 1900s you know today i don't think we need that yeah i think i think the thing about the confederate statues that's so uh so damning and why i think they're different from like like uh i mean lincoln being an example although i but the the fact that those statues were built like a hundred years in some cases after the war was over, yeah, is like this was like it would be like if a like Nazi Germany or fascist Italian statue was still up. Which, by the way, there might be fascist Italian statues still up. I don't know, but <laughs> I I don't we forget about Italy so much and. Uh, 
But I mean, yeah, like like the it's the the thing that is missing from that equation is shame. The Germans yeah. have shame. The Japanese uh, people have shame. The fucking presumably the Italians, some of them have some shame. I don't know for sure. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, like the the that's what we want. And I think like it's I think that the the deal to me is we've replaced religion with politics to because I, I do have to get off of here in just a minute, but to bring it back like full circle to atheism is one thing that's annoying to me as an atheist is all of the same things that I find unpalatable and disgusting about organized religion, uh, which I don't try to make a big issue with with people because I think yeah. most people are like in the same way that most people are not like don't want to see the Lincoln Memorial removed. But uh <laughs> I think in this, I see the same stuff where it's like this person has to pass a moral purity test to be remembered in a positive way. And that person could be from a time when they would have passed the moral purity yeah. test because moral standards were different. And they could be a person who's done incredibly impactful things like Abraham Lincoln like Gandhi, frankly, like, uh, even though Gandhi's also got like a, uh, like a weird kid sex thing. Yeah. People never talk about that. Yeah. But then, and then like, uh, and then, uh, even, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, I'm sure like these, like every person you go down the, the list, you're going to find these are human beings. They're all yeah. human beings, right? Like, isn't that, isn't that what we've all ultimately want people to be treated like is flawed. Like, you should be allowed to be flawed. That's isn't that the whole argument of like civil rights is that my right to be flawed should be equal to your right to be flawed. Yeah. And I think like in the same way, like we now we shouldn't be litigating every single historical figures flaws on a present day scale. Exactly. And we Harry should. Riley as a man who was also born in the early 1900s, I think you're okay to say titty meat still, even though it's it will come down as a slur one day. But for now, I think you should be allowed to say it. Oh my goodness! I hope nobody um, co-ops my word and turns it into some filth. It's it's the they're the new Proud Boys. They're the titty meats. Oh my goodness! I would I would have to every. Every time I got on stage, they'd be like, ain't you the one that started the titty meets? Be like, no, <laughs> I just started saying titty meat to describe titties. I didn't have these dunderheads walking down the street. 